Caduceus, A New Perspective on Historical Knowledge and the Spirituality of Man by Robert Hamilton Read by Robert Hamilton Preface In 1996 I experienced a spiritual event, a literally illuminating and enlightening experience, which seemed to be the result of a process of meditation and re-education that I had previously imposed upon myself. This event had a profound and lasting effect on me. Prior to this, I had not been satisfied with the explanations of history and the development of mankind, and it was before and after this experience that I set out on a quest to fill in the gaps that I felt existed. In my study across many disciplines, including science, religions, philosophy and history, I sought not only to make sense of the experience, but also explore further this newfound knowledge. In addition to the academic study, I felt it was essential that I travel to many sites of antiquity to confirm for myself much of what I had read and also to form my own opinions. The result is this text which I have long felt compelled to write and which forms a statement both of my physical and spiritual experience and of all the knowledge that I have imbibed. This book is the culmination of some 15 years of intensive study and travel, and a book which I myself would have liked to have read at the beginning of my quest. The book does not intend to compromise any religious system or scientific tenet. However, I feel that it is essential to view in another light and better understand the past in order to fulfil the destinies of our future. We need not and should not be satisfied with the reliance on convenient, definitive boxes provided by traditional academics, superficial spirituality, and its resultant complacency or deferment regarding the true nature of our being. I would like to stress that I myself am not an academic nor member of an academic institution. Neither am I a spiritual or religious zealot. Being self-employed for most of my working life has given me the chance to read and travel extensively. What I have come to know and believe, and what is presented in this book, I have really stumbled upon. While it may not be a book of original thought, I feel it is a work of original perspective on historical knowledge and man's spirituality. The Caduceus Symbol This ancient symbol dates back to the Greeks and is best known for being carried by the Greek god Hermes, messenger of the gods and escorter of souls. It is formed of a staff intertwined by two serpents shaped as a double helix and with wings and a sphere mounted above it. Its origins are uncertain, but it was probably adopted by the Greeks from Mesopotamia. For a number of years now, the caduceus has been used by the medical profession as its symbol. The symbolism is divided among the component parts. The staff symbolizes authority, carried by messengers. The wings denote information and transformation. The serpents are depicted in Judeo-Christian traditions as a source of delivery of wisdom. And the double helix shape represents creation and life. The whole symbol, therefore, represents the authority to deliver vital information or wisdom to assist and enlighten. In the Hermetic tradition, the caduceus symbolizes spiritual awakening and has parallels in the kundalini serpents of Hindu mysticism.
Introduction It is difficult to begin with a clear statement of the kind of view that this philosophical work sets out to establish, or its relation to what others have written previously. Philosophy, that is, the use of reason and argument in seeking truth and knowledge, aims at a universality which comprises particulars, but which cannot be expressed fully until each of the particulars has been concluded, thereby providing the universality desired. It is therefore necessary to find how the constituent parts function as a whole before defining each part in detail. The sequence of chapters is, to a degree, quasi-autobiographical, in that the order of the chapters presented here and the knowledge gathered from them are loosely based on how I came to this spiritual event. In the years previous to the event, I had sought to find explanations for what seemed to me to be gaps in the history and development of mankind, the way that traditional ideas on this had not been questioned before. In addition to academic study in science, religions, philosophy and history, I visited many ancient sites, as the book will show. It seems now that the information gathered over these 15 years or so assists greatly in or perhaps was essential for opening the mind to new perspectives that perhaps in turn allowed this profound and enlightening experience to happen to me. It is my hope that this book will provide a new perspective on our world history and spirituality and initiate a change in how we approach the whole matter of life and living. Many readers will agree that all is not well with the world as we know it today. There are global conflicts as a consequence of imposed borders that cut across tribal lands and cultures of antiquity by colonialists of the last few centuries. There is evidence of this in all the regions of the world, but predominantly within Africa, and most recently in relation to the Kurds of the Middle East. We find brother fighting brother for land bestowed on us all, and if religion is not offered as the root cause... It is used as an excuse for ulterior motives, predominantly economic and financial gain. These are among the many negatives in our superficial and material world that plague and distract us from the true essence of life, a complete knowledge of the self. More importantly, our souls, hearts and minds are not in the most contented of states. While some of us are able to function at a purely automatic and intuitive level, there are many who desire a better and fuller understanding of themselves, of who they are and why. Indeed, there are many individuals who do sense something greater, but have difficulty in identifying the starting point where they can begin to penetrate through the mysteries of life. There are many, like myself, who are not content with blind religious faith on one hand or partial scientific explanation on the other, and are compelled to get to some truth. There have been many publications, such as the Celestine Prophecy and The Secret, which, whilst they have been successful and afford some value to the individual, have tended to appease our souls merely temporarily, if at all. Much like diet plans, they are employed for a short period until the next fad comes along. My text will, to some degree, delve into similar matters of the spirit as they do. However, my aim is to provide substance and foundation food for thought on why we are driven to such activity and introspection in order to achieve a contentedness and a peace within the soul that can be of greater depth and permanency. 
We will seek to severely question and deconstruct our traditional understandings, ideas and knowledge of the history of mankind instilled in us over centuries, and to reassemble it using alternate theories on the evolution and development of man and our civilization in a way that produces a more complete and accurate perspective. It is only with this wider knowledge that we can truly progress as individuals and as a world population with a global consciousness. Today, there is reason for optimism that this can indeed be achieved, as is evidenced by the Green Movement, which shows that across the countries of the world a conscientious and united momentum for change can be created. Having studied and travelled extensively over some 15 years, my reasoning and conclusions were not reached with a gullible mind, and nor do I expect the listener to react to the book in such a way. Rather, the intention of this book is to be simple, straightforward and succinct. I have tried to base my assertions on fact, provide evidence and to use as relevant references as possible. While Caduceus is not a text of great length, I have tried to avoid, as in many books with subject matter similar to parts of this book, indulging in the writer's own personal experiences and commentaries. Here we concentrate on facts and references with the sources cited so that the listener may investigate whatever their matter of interest in as great a detail as he or she so wishes. At the same time, this is not intended as a definitive text. Subject matter such as science, for instance, is well beyond the purview of Caduceus. Indeed, it would be a rather lengthy book that delved into great detail on the variety of topics mentioned in the different chapters. For want of a better description, this text should be viewed as a Rosetta Stone. The Rosetta Stone is perhaps the most famous piece of rock in the world that has become a symbol for the mysteries and the anomalies of antiquity and our endeavours to decipher them. It was the means by which, thanks to Jean-François Champollion in the 1820s, Egyptian hieroglyphics could actually be read for the first time. On this particular stone there was a single passage, translated into three languages, Egyptian hieroglyphics, Demotic and Greek. With the understanding of Greek and Demotic, and then paralleling the meaning to the hieroglyphics, the message on the stone was finally revealed and hence the ability to read the texts of the Egyptians and further our understanding of this great and ancient culture initiated. The text aims to present all that we have known combined with alternative and equally viable theories that blend academic thinking and spirituality. These alternative theories, I stress, will be founded on substance, fact, which will be cross-referenced and, at the point of conclusion, should provide a fuller understanding of the evolution of man and from whence we came. At the very least, we should be better comforted by the depth and profundity of it all. The means by which Caduceus will unravel the mysteries, anomalies and the preconceived ideas of traditional education is by the presentation of ancient texts and contemporary commentaries in addition to looking at the hard evidence. This concept of the combination of disciplines is neither new nor original. It has been suggested previously by the biologist and scientist Edward O. Wilson in his book Consilience, The Unity of Knowledge. In the first chapter, Wilson wrote that its central tenet, as Einstein knew, is the unification of knowledge, 
and that when we have unified enough certain knowledge, we will begin to understand who we are and why we are here. Francis Fukuyama advances a similar concept in detail in his work The End of History and The Last Man, with reference to the renowned philosophers Kant and Hegel. Of Kant's an idea for a universal history for a cosmopolitan point of view, he writes, Kant suggested that history would have an end point, that is to say, a final purpose that was implied in man's current potentialities, and which made the whole of history intelligible. It also provided a standard by which one could undertake the tremendous effort of abstraction required to separate what was essential in this evolution from the great mass of facts about events that constitute the raw material of history. Of Hegel, he comments, Hegel defined his project as the writing of a universal history which would provide the exhibition of spirit, that is, collective human consciousness, in the process of working out the knowledge of that which it is, potentially. Hegel, Fukuyama asserts, was the first historist philosopher, that is, a philosopher who believed in the essential historical relativity of the truth. Hegel maintained that all human consciousness was limited by the particular social and cultural conditions of man's surrounding environment, or as we say, the times. Past thought, whether of ordinary people or great philosophers or scientists, was not true absolutely or objectively, but only relative to the historical or cultural horizon within which that person lived. Hegel also suggested an end of history. However, not in an apocalyptic sense, as Fukuyama goes on to write, Hegel, however, had defined history as the progress of man to higher levels of rationality and freedom, and this process has a logical terminal point in the achievement of absolute self-consciousness. A final form of society that was free from contradictions and whose achievement would terminate the historical process. It is beyond the scope of this book to discuss such a universal history in more detail. However, it is my hope that this will encourage a fresh approach to knowledge, history and prehistory of the human race. A knowledge which may provide a basis for dismissing unjustified prejudices and is more global and all-encompassing in relation to our origins and who and why we are presently. I have tried to present a visual representation of this universal history with my design of the front cover of Caduceus. This complex symbolism envisages the overlapping of history and symbol. We see the cross of Christianity, which is also seen in Aboriginal North America and Mayan world prior to Christianity, representing the four corners of the earth. The serpents of the caduceus symbol manoeuvre over the cross and entwine themselves through the eye of Horus or the eye of consciousness of the Egyptians, the cornea of which consists of the dualistic symbol of the Buddhist yin and yang. These are all overlaid upon the Mayan calendar from which there is an emission of light. The reason for the use of this latter characteristic will become clearer as we read into caduceus. In challenging some of our assertions to our traditional understandings, Caduceus may well be criticised by some academics, as has happened previously with texts that go against the grain. The amount of evidence provided here, however, should provoke the questions, 
When do such a number of anomalies cease being referred to as mere coincidences? How many coincidences form enough evidence and how much evidence equals proof, or at least substantive food for thought? In summary of the above, therefore, there are essentially three parts to Caduceus. One, that which we have known. Two, what we should know, the combination of the academic and the spiritual. And three, the reconciliation of these two parts. This is not unlike the Buddhist concept of duality as symbolized by the yin and the yang. And having grasped this idea, understanding that that which be achieved subsequently is Atman, reconciliation, oneness, bringing individual and global dichotomy and disharmony to an end.